Psalm 37.4, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So Psalm 37 is essential background music to understand in the Beatitudes. So we're going to dwell in it for the next couple days. And there's four major sections, and the first section runs verse 1 through 11, and it culminates in verse 11, which is our Beatitude for the week. But the meek shall inherit the earth. But verses 1 through 11 give us the lifestyle, the way that the meek triumph. It is the section on the life of faith and the triumph of faith. And then there's three sections dealing with the interaction between the wicked and the righteous following that. But today, spend time reading over Psalm 37, 1 through 11. And notice there's three different sections that are filled with significant, a cycle of commands on what the meek do. So the first one is verse 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land, feed on his faithfulness, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Five different commands there in those two verses on what we're to do. So let's think about that one command, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Isn't this a surprising command? This is the description of of the godly life. And it's surprising for many people to look at real Christianity as this. This is a summary of what it means to be a Christian. You delight in the Lord. See, most people do not assume that this is the reality. The misconception is that Christianity is often a chore, something you have to get through. It's dry, it's dull, it's sullen, it's loveless, it's lifeless. 
for those who have the love of God in their heart and love him with all their heart, his paths are peace. His prescriptions are pleasant. We don't see faith as a fetter that holds us down. Our great profession of him and confession of him is no prison. We don't have to be drug into the life of faith, kicking and screaming. It's a delight. Is your relationship with God through Christ, by the Spirit, a delight to you? This is the description of the real thing. And then the second wonder is notice, he gives you the desires of your heart. Real Christianity is not all joy-stealing, fun-killing self-denial. In fact, the self-denial is in the service of a greater joy. Another misconception is that godliness is all negative, meaning that real Christianity is all about the things you don't do. Charles Spurgeon, one of the great Victorian preachers, said the great misconception of his day was the idea of negative godliness, where people think Christianity is all about the things they don't do. No trade on Sunday, no theater going, no song singing. He said, no, our self-denial is always in the context of greater delights. The things we deny are the things that we weren't meant to consume. The things we desire, the things we deny are the things that will destroy us if we give over to them. You know, it's no great act of self-denial for the eagle not to desire to swim. He wasn't made to swim. He was made to soar. And so it's no great act of self-denial when we deny sin. We weren't made to sin. Now, the lion's not practicing self-denial when he doesn't eat cabbage. He wasn't made to eat that. But what a promise. When duty becomes delight, delight becomes a duty, your life is transformed. What a good God we serve who commands us delight, delight in him. This is the location of our delight. It's a delight in God, in him, God, in his person, his being, his attributes. Every attribute can be a fresh ray of sunshine to warm your soul. Get to know him. If you want a book recommendation, one of a book that can help you delight in the Lord is J.I. Packer's Knowing God. It's one of the great classics of the last 50 years. But I will say that on three different occasions in my life, I tried to read it, and the first two, at different ages and stages, it I didn't connect with it. That's why I'm always nervous to give book recommendations because so much of it depends. It depends on who you are, where you are, what you need. So if people have recommended wonderful books and you've tried them and it just didn't resonate, just put it down. It might not be the right time for you. But two years ago, I picked up Knowing God again and it was, I was prepared. It was the right time for me. And so it's a fabulous book that can help you Delight in the Lord. And here's a long quote that he opens that book up with from Charles Spurgeon again. And this is from Spurgeon's New Year sermon in 1855 when he was 19 years old. I don't know many 19-year-olds who talk like this. It has been said by someone that the proper study of mankind is man. I will not oppose the idea, but I believe it is equally true that the proper study of God's elect is God. The proper study of a Christian is the Godhead. The highest science, the loftiest speculation, the mightiest philosophy which can ever engage the intention of a child of God is the name, the nature, the person, the work, the doings, and the existence of the great God whom he calls Father. 
there is something exceedingly improving to the mind in the contemplation of the divinity. It is a subject so vast that all our thoughts are lost in its immensity, so deep that our pride is drowned by its infinity. Other subjects we can compass and grapple with. In them we feel a kind of self-content and go our way with a thought, Behold, I am wise. But when we come to this master science, finding that our plumb line cannot sound its depth, and that our eagle eye cannot see its height, we turn away with the thought that vain man would be wise. But he is like a wild donkey's colt with solemn exclamation, I am of yesterday, I am nothing. No subject of contemplation will tend more to humble the mind than thoughts of God. But while the subject humbles the mind, it also expands it. He who often thinks of God will have a larger mind than the man who simply plods around this narrow globe. The most excellent study for expanding the soul is the science of Christ and Him crucified, and the knowledge of the Godhead and the glorious Trinity. Nothing will so enlarge the intellect, nothing so magnify the whole soul of man as a devout, earnest, continued investigation of the great subject of the deity. And while humbling and expanding, this subject is eminently consoling. Oh, there is in contemplating Christ a balm for every wound. In musing on the Father, there is a quiet for every grief. And in the influence of the Holy Ghost, there is a balm for every sore. Would you lose your sorrow? Would you drown your care? Then go, go plunge yourself in the Godhead's deepest sea. Be lost in its immensity, and you shall come forth as from a couch of rest, refreshed and invigorated. I know nothing which can so comfort the soul, so calm the swelling billows of sorrow and grief, so speak peace to the winds of trial as a devout musing upon the subject of the Godhead. And it is to that subject that I invite you this morning. Now that's a sermon introduction. And so the call is to delight, delight in God, in his person, his being, his attributes, delight in the Son, that he is our prophet, priest, king, the prophet who proclaims God's word, the priest who purifies God's people, the king who rules God's world, and delight in the spirit, his operations, his illuminations, consolations, delight in the strength he gives, the wisdom he imparts, the faithfulness he produces. And then notice it's delight. And then there's no time restriction at all times. It's not delight on Sunday when you have nothing better to do. Occasionally when the emotions are right, it's delight. And like Paul, he can delight in prison. It's delight in him. And then what a promise. He will give you the desires of your heart. But what will they be? You desire what you delight in. And your delight is in him. And the ultimate promise is that he will give you what you desire which is him. That's good news. That is a good gift. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly Father, Son.